With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hey, James, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? Uh, it's, been, uh, it's already been a pretty uh, pretty hectic, busy day, but uh, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. never. It's hard to slow it down sometimes. You know? Yeah, I was just going to say, it never seems to slow. <laughs> but, and I've, I've said this for a long time, I'd rather be busy than bored, so certainly no complaints on my there end. You go. Yep. Yeah, and it's so, fun, you know, if you <clears throat> keep okay. the inspiration going through it. I said it's fun if you can keep the inspiration up, you know, as you go put out fires. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think if you love what you do, that makes a big difference as well. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. So I believe, James, you mentioned today uh, the plan was to talk about the bigger picture with the Palestine prophecy. Is that still correct? That's correct. Um, awesome. What I mean by that, just so you'll know, is uh, you know it's, we've you know got a bunch of books out there, and uh, you know when you think about tuning in spiritually and having a better life, you know you can get lost in the details a little bit. So I, I, I now you know have a kind of personal reminder about the big picture. So. Uh, and you keep that in mind, it kind of grounds you into all everything else. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that gives me a good uh, point of reference from, you know, from which to uh, to pose my question. And okay. I'm thinking I probably uh, can probably make like um, 30 to 40 minutes work. Just uh, as always, I have uh, an interview right after as well. And uh, if that works for you, then okay. uh, yes, I can make that a win-win and. And I can jump in and and uh, just let it play out as we normally do. Good, yeah, awesome. Look forward to it. Perfect. Yeah, so if you're ready, I can uh, jump right into interview mode. Okay. Uh, hold on, just one second. Let me. Got a background noise here. Yeah. Turn that going. Okay. Let me just get this off. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. This let me just do one thing here. Yeah, no worries. Okay, good. I'm ready. Awesome. Perfect. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Aporier, and excited to be back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show. My uh, my upcoming guest here in a second, you'll recognize him. We've had him on the show many times, and at the same time, always exciting to hear from him, and we always seem to be able to cover new ground. So I'm excited to do the same today. So James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, creator of The Celestine Vision, so excited to have you here today. You know, I usually get you to do a little bit of a, a backstory because I always worry about the <laughs> listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time. Um, I'll let you decide if you want to do that today, or I know we're going to cover some ground uh, talking about The Celestine Prophecy as a whole, so we may cover some of your background in that process. So I'll let you decide what you prefer. 
Well, let's let's just say this. You know, I'm I'm the author of the Celestine Prophecy, which is a, a book about tuning in to uh, a more inspired life, and um, and a book that that traveled the world. And I think it points to the fact that many and many of us sense that there's a better way of doing life. You know, there's a, there's a more spiritually connected uh, inspiration that we can find and. And so the books I've written uh, four books in that series and some some other nonfiction books. So I'm really a writer about uh, you know slowing down, tuning in, and having a more inspired life where your soul gets nourished. Wow. So you know, James, that's uh, I mean, it's such a and and you know I feel this way as well, but it's such a powerful uh, topic in the sense that today, maybe more so than ever, and I don't even know if when you wrote it, if you realized maybe how um, how sort of relatable it would be and how relevant it would be in 2017, but, um, you know, the idea of slowing down, if we start there, that seems to be something that a lot of people struggle with today, maybe more so than ever. So would you say that the Celestine Prophecy is something that's relevant and relatable in terms of what you covered in the book today as much as or more so than ever? Yeah, it seems to be multi-generational even. Uh, I think every generation goes through the same uh, questions about life and deals with the same, many of the same issues in life. You know, how do I, how do I do all that I am, uh, need to do to not just survive, but to, to engage in, in social activities and, and family life and, and dealing with children and, all those things, at the same time, being able to say, well, what's the bigger picture of life? You know, what's what's the larger questions about my life? You know, am I am I really just running the rat race, or or do I have something that inside of how, that I, my soul wants to do, and how do I integrate it with all the the demands on me? So it's um, you know, it's a uh, it, it's a book that speaks to those questions, and and I, and I think that's why it's endured. And so, you know, that brings up a, maybe a good, perhaps, or an interesting follow-up question, but you're out, of course, uh, speaking on the various books that you've written. Uh, for people that don't know, you've written more than one book in that series. Do you find people, if we kind of relate it to whenever you're talking about the book or people that reach out to you through the website or via email, do you find that you're still getting as many questions as you would have when the book was fresh? Because obviously when it was fresh, that's whenever, you know, everybody is is, uh, seeing it all at the same time. But do you find that people are still asking those similar questions or or questions about how do I slow down or you covered this in the the prophecy, how does this work? Do you find that still as current in that way as well? I I think the, you know, the books sort of speak for themselves and they, they talk about how to tune in to a more inspired life. Um, and, and it's again, what every generation, what every human being, every human being, uh, uh, deals with and, and, and ponders. Uh, so yeah, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the books are stories, the demonstrations of just how this more intuitive life works and how you can find a soul's mission and, and, and how to, how to, get help with that you know so but you know lately my the questions have been well you know how do i understand this in a nutshell you know what i mean how do i keep it in mind and i always talk about looking at the big picture you know the the big picture of life and whenever we get you know in a place where we're struggling to get everything done and we feel like we're in the rat race how do you find some time to just remember the largeness of life and the, the part of life that's inspiring? Um, so that's what I've been doing lately. And so, James, you know, when we talk about uh, the book, let's say, and the fact that it's obviously uh, shared more in an adventure or fable style, whenever you were writing it, I'm just in this question, I'm just trying to get sort of inside your head with this, but were you like, were you conscious of? wanting to or was that intentional that you wanted to do it as an adventure and did you feel people would learn more that way through the adventure or was that just the way that it spoke to you because i say this because obviously there's a lot of amazing fable books out there but at the same time 
um, you know, a lot is relative because compared to the amount of books that aren't fable books um, or venture books, it, you know, it's obviously a smaller number that went that direction. So was that intentional or was that just the way that it spoke to you? Well, you know, I, I really uh, determined that my uh, angle on on a lived spirituality, what I now call an authentic spiritual experience, which is the greatest life you can have, by the way. Uh, but, but tuning into that is, you know, shifting gears a little bit. Ordinary life is much of a rat race. People don't reflect uh, on the bigger questions of life. So, you know, I, in order to make it clear what I was discovering and what I believe that the whole all of humanity was bringing into consciousness was uh, needed to be uh, revealed in a, a story of people discovering this consciousness and people uh, arguing about it and, and, and breakthroughs and, and, and the, the hard questions. That, and all that can take place in a, in a story with a group of characters on an adventure. Now, the adventure part is what I think is best in a way because it's life is an adventure. In fact, life is an inspiring adventure, uh, a, a detective story into your own best life as you search for it. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I just felt that the, the, the whole subject worked better uh, in a story about the adventurous nature of life that can be discovered. And so, James, in, James, in the first uh, book, obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, because somebody who is being introduced to the book for the first time may not realize this, uh, but you covered insights, I believe nine insights. And so can you share with us in terms of, again, and I'm thinking first, I guess we can look at both sides, because somebody who has read it obviously still might gain insight from this as well. Um, but with those insights, was there a specific order and uh, and if so, I guess, and obviously the book was presented in a specific order, but was there, uh, from your perspective, a specific order you wanted to present them in, and is there one or two that you always say are the, the most profound or important ones, or the fact that there's nine speaks for itself in the sense that, you know, you want people to remember and relate to all nine? <clears throat> well, if you think of all the all four books, there's there's 12 inside trial. Uh And again, I, these are not insights that James Redfield made up. I, I was looking at in the culture and finding people who are out there discovering this spiritual life that is the, what our brains are really wired for, not all this cynicism and atheism and stuff. You, you know, it's our, we're, we're, our brains are, are designed, in my view, to, to download uh, the rest of our intelligence, you know, and that's a spiritually connected intuition that helps guide our lives and that's that's why it's starkly important right now because we we can be, just be whipped in one direction or another you know in these political conflicts that are, are happening out there or we can stay centered in into our own uh you know conscious development of of our life story and, and in fact our destiny as it can unfold so there are nine of – I mean, there are 12 insights altogether. What I'd like to do, rather than go through all those, though, is just talk about this big picture. You know, let's say you read the books, and, and you know, they, they've just – you know, they've been on bestseller lists, you know, in 30 countries. So uh, many people have read the books already, but there's a whole new generation, you know, of people waking <clears throat> waking up. And as at a certain time in life where you wake up and say, is this all there is? Well, no, there's more. So, you know, there are a lot of people both have, have, who have read it and people who, who are tuning in for the first time. And all that's great, but I've lately I've wanted to distill it into, you know, five ideas of how to put it into practice in your own life. And that's what I call uh, – the the big picture. Uh, so what I'd rather do is, is sort of uh, go through those, um, uh, and and I think there's <clears throat> these can be like uh, seen as is uh, you know sort of wake up reminders. Um, you know, stay awake to the fact that life is more than just the material chasing of money and 
and, and meeting our responsibilities. There's like like I tried to suggest there's an adventure that we can step into, uh, and life is supposed to be much more mysterious than that, and and, and much more inspiring than that. And uh, so I think that the way I start with uh, describing this big picture of you know how we move into our best life is is uh, first of all to listen to our soul. And what does that mean? That means there's a, there's a part in every one of us that that says, wait a minute, I'm living life, and but there's there's something missing. There there's more somehow. You know, my my soul wants to do more something else out there, and it's it's that silent little missing you know missing feeling that we have that keeps us awake. It keeps us from just, you know, sort of going into the the daily routines without, you know, staying above it in a sense. Uh, So, but if you remember, there's something each of us always feels. It's funny about this because, you know, there's a whole psychology of adolescence that says, you know, this is this feeling people have is an ego thing, and it's a, it, uh, you know, it's, it's useful narcissism where people. The, think they're self-important, and sure, we our egos can get carried away in this. But more important is to keep that in a lot alive. That's not a pathology. That is that is our soul reminding us, hey, there's 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 another level of inspiration we can find in life, where we do what we, our souls really want to do, and uh, and it's it's you know we have to open up to a part of life that is not entirely part of the day in day struggles and and routines. Uh so to me the first part of the big picture is really just remembering there's more out there. Life is about something more. Don't don't let that uh, uh get talked out uh of you by someone. Uh, uh especially if you're young. You know, don't don't let the adults who have coped somehow you know, keep you in a place where where you've lost the, the sense of magic about life. There's there's something there, um, and you know, to go a little further, uh, once we keep ourselves awake, you know, we we really do have to nurture this this part of ourselves, this soul awake part of ourselves, if we could call it that, and that's where a practice of Meditation or prayer is instrumental, and you know meditation is not just something cool to do to reduce stress or uh you know prayer is not something to just do because it's part of a a religious routine. There's something happens in those moments of silence because both both meditation and contemplative prayer is more of a listening than a uh, than a, a a directive, you know. You in these in this case, you're trying to open up that spiritual connection, and um, it's really interesting because the experts in meditation will say will always say that the first thing we do in meditation is try to be silent and to try to calm in our minds, and that's always the hardest part because. Our minds are full of chatter and fears and responsibilities unmet. You know, we're, we're, oh God, I forgot to do that, forgot to do that. And then when you try to be silent, that's what, that's what emerges, right? So, you know, the, um, the practice itself of meditation, uh, I, I really am screaming across the world trying, trying to, uh, uh, Communicate that this is a ticket into a larger intelligence. And here's how it works. When you meditate, try to be silent. Try to just listen. Try to feel a kind of love connection, you know, because we have emotional chatter too. Oh, I was hurt by this person. What did I do? What did I say? I should have done something else. If I'd just been different, they would have loved me. All these things come up. And they have to be released. And I'm, what I mean by release is just as soon as you find that chatter, whatever it is, coming up, 
you just focus again on just feeling a kind of love connection, you know, coming from the divine part of uh, yourself that can that is there, and you know, then it'll come back. But you have to let it go again. See, that's a practice. Is letting go of the chatter so that you can stay in silence. And that silence place is what grows in your uh, in in your daily life as you the more you meditate. Now, the silence place is where the intuitive guidance comes from, because instead of all these chatter thoughts, you'll start to have of a, a kind of directive thought. What if I did this? What if I called this client now? What if I wait till uh, tomorrow to call instead? What if what if I call this old friend now? You know, you'll get thoughts to do something, and those are intuitive guidance that comes in. Now, this, this is the chief way that a higher consciousness, a spiritual connection, helps our lives go easier. So, those are the first two. You know. Find you know, one is one is to remind yourself to stay awake, and the second one is to practice a spiritual download. When you can get quiet inside, down you know into your minds, um, come thoughts that are are not chatter thoughts, not ego thoughts. They are intuitive thoughts, and those intuitive thoughts are the ones that guide us to do the right thing. They're strategic. And that's why so many people say, well, people say things like, uh, you know, I'm doing God's will. Well, what is that? Is that just just something to say or is that an experience that is actually a kind of directive uh, uh, to help strategize our lives as we go forward on a a daily basis? You know, every religion has some version of that. But the authentic spirituality tunes in and acknowledges that as part of our our, our human nature uh, because we're connected at some level, you know, in this quiet space, we connect with a greater spiritual intelligence. So interesting, James, uh, before you uh, jump into the, the remaining ones, when you mentioned that about, uh, you know, meditation and it not necessarily always being chatter thoughts, if you will, one of the things that came up during an interview that uh, I conducted years ago was that I discovered that Jack Canfield, who, uh, for listeners who aren't familiar with Jack, co-created the Chicken Soup with the Soul series, they struggled with the name for that book series for about three months. They just couldn't come up with a name that felt right to everybody involved. And Jack said that during one of his meditations, in what he calls his hour of power, so for him that means the first morning he dedicates the first hour to Jack, divides it into 20 minutes, uh, 20 he does feeding his mind, so learning, 20 minutes is exercising, so we'll say feeding his body, and then 20 minutes is meditation, which we can say maybe is feeding his spirit. Interestingly, he said he came up with that title for the book during one of those meditations, and he said, so, you know, without meditating, if nothing else, and obviously so much more comes from meditation benefit-wise, he practices it every day, but that's, that's just one tiny thing that came up, and as soon as he, that title came to him out of nowhere, he shared it with uh, Mark Johansson, the co-creator, and the publisher, and they all said, that's the name. So, you know, you're talking about it not necessarily always being mindless chatter. Uh, in his case, that listening to that non-mindless chatter uh, could have been the difference maker in that uh, book series. Yeah. Most people who are getting started, you know, they have to deal with the chatter because, you know, your ego is is telling you, wait a minute, what are you doing? You don't have time for this. Children are about to get up. <clears throat> you, you know, you, you have to... Uh, you know, use his time in some other way. You know, this is and it's in the the important thing for people out there listening. The important thing about this kind of prayer, contemplation, or meditation is that you're going to get something from it over time. I mean, it is it is it is it, it's hard at first because you have to let go of that ego chatter. <clears throat> but what you get is your guiding intuition. Uh, you'll get thoughts that come to you, and you say, "Well, where'd that come from?" You know, you call an old friend, and they say, "I was just thinking about you. I got this to tell you." And it becomes a synchronicity, uh, a meaningful coincidence that matters in your life. I mean, you start to live an inspired life because you're getting your from your higher spiritual intelligence. You know, your connection with the divine, 
within you comes a helpfulness. You're being helped through life. Life goes better. And and like you say, <clears throat> if you spend an hour a day, if you spend 30 minutes a day, if you spend 20 minutes a day, you'll be able to live more in your waking time or in your just regular routine. You'll be gradually able to live in that space almost totally so that you don't get a lot of ego chatter. What you get is uh, thoughtful intuitions that come to you. And if you trust them enough to explore that, whatever it's telling you to do, you'll see that it's that it's a, a, a part of you that knows strategically how to uh, how to conduct your life. And out of that comes experiences that uh, where you realize that you know some part of the project or the goal or mission that you have gets uh, you know finds a solution uh, is helped uh, to move forward. So um, just like Jack was saying, you know you get something from meditation, you get something from this. And so James, you shared the first two. And uh, so, are you okay to jump in and uh, share the uh, the other three with us? Uh, of course. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the 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 uh, the next one is is getting into the habit of operating on intuitive guidance. Now, intuitions are vague. You have this vague hunch or gut feeling. Sometimes it's a picture that you see yourself doing something. Going back to school, you see yourself, uh, you know, riding the bus to work t- this today, and what you're looking for is the payoff for the intuition. And I gave the example of the synchronicity, but that's worth exploring some because what happens if if we follow these intuitions? You know, people follow intuitions. Uh, you know, the most famous story. I'll just give an example. Most famous story is is the mother. Uh, actually, the father. The father who decided to take another uh, route home, uh, walk home from work, and just intuitively said, "Hey," and, and that felt, you know, it felt like the right thing to do. He did it. He found uh, his his daughter being assaulted uh, on the street there, which he broke up and, and saved her from a, a terrible experience. So. You know, I've heard probably ten thousands of these stories that people give me. So this is not any kind of self-delusion. You know, our rational part goes, oh, "That's are you sure that's not self-delusion?" No, this is spiritual intelligence. Like we are helped in life. And what happens when we when we learn to recognize these in, uh, intuitive um, uh, thoughts? And, and seek to follow them. And I always say there's there's another part to this, which is logic. It's one thing to rely on intuition to help you decide on something, but then you use the logic you've learned, and you have to make sure talk to other people who are logical, and make sure you have an operating logic that's sound. But you know what's you know okay. Let's say this intuition is coming back over and over, go back to school. Well, what school? Which one? Um, uh, uh, is, you know, you, you then, and, and rather than just picking the first one you you see or think about, uh, you know, you explore a little bit. What do I really want to do? What would be the best school? You pursue it logically. So once you have that intuitive hit, you pursue that logically. So that's just part of the reminder of, of how we should, how, how we should, should treat these intuitive guidances once we find them, but it's uh, it's it's to, not just to be intuitive, be logical, so that you're adding intuition to your everyday logic about how to uh, pursue life uh, in the best way, uh, and it it amplifies everything. But you don't give away your logic. You know, you don't bet the house on a plan that you haven't really thought about. Uh, you just because it's you got the gut feeling for it, you know you you still conduct yourself logically. You're just adding this power of, of your spiritual intelligence to this. 
Now, this, this sets. Uh, I, I, I sense the question. Did you? Oh no, I, I was just going to say no, and, and definitely uh, continue for sure, James. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just going to move on to the to, to the next uh, reminder, um, and that is to realize that, you know, in spite of the fact that it's really kind of trendy among some circles, most of them intellectual, that there's, you know, that life is an accident, and therefore we can really do whatever we want to do. We can just, you know, live life any way we want to because – uh, you know, we have this uh, life is you know life is absurd. So therefore, we can make of it anything we want, and we can do anything we want, treating people people any, any way we want. Um, there's there's something else. Uh, you know, I would say that that's that's uh, that is a trend that we we have to that that our life experience suggests is wrong. Uh, forget all the, the spiritual traditions uh, uh, in the world and all the religions that talk about a disciplined life and, uh, you know, the, uh, the Ten Commandments and all the things that come in, as a guide to our ethics. Forget about all that. Just our experience itself. We can prove that there's a karmic structure to life. And I certainly proved to my to myself. Anyone who's lived out there in the outer world and seen the way people behave and 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 seen the consequences that people have as a result of their lifestyles, you know, you can prove that there's a pretty simple karmic structure to this life. Prove it to yourself. And here I just want to go over it. You know, it's very it's very easy to be a giver rather than a taker. And what that means is you you can't – if you're a taker, something very interesting happens. That means manipulating people for money, uh, you know, for self-esteem, you know, where you, you deceive people, you know, essentially lie. You know, you, you, you aren't living honestly through life. And that – a very, very interesting thing – happens when you try that approach to life you begin to run into people that behave exactly like that to you it's like a reflection uh you draw into your life all people who are also takers now you know people who've been takers all their lives they think everybody's a taker because that's the people that come into their life you know, but that that is a principle you can prove because if you're a giver, that means, you know, listening for ideas of how you might help someone that you meet that cross your path. If you're a giver, if you give of energy and love and and uh, sometimes money and 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 you you do it because you think there's a you feel like there's a way that this person can be helped. Uh, by your connection with them, then the same thing happens. You draw into life, into your life, not takers, but givers. Now, what that means is givers come into your life at just the right moment to be a synchronicity, a meaningful coincidence, give you information just on time for your life to go better and smoother and your goals to come faster. So you see, you see the two principles. And you can prove it to yourself. I know people that are kind of half and half, and they draw in their lives half and half. I know people who are just manipulating takers. That's all that comes into your life. You know, as a, when I was a counselor, I I used to uh, counsel prisoners in prison, and <laughs> without a doubt, the, the ones who are thieves, you know, who are burglars and robbers, you know. They, I say, why do you do that? They say, well, everybody steals. And you go, well, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that steals. And they would, they would argue with me. No, everybody, everybody I've ever known has stolen from me. Is what they say. So all that is is indicative of this karmic 
system that, that I just described. If you're a taker, you're going to draw in takers. Your life's going to go slower. It's going to go it'll be harder. And here's the here's the, the key to this. Thought counts. In other words, if you if you maybe you don't lie to anybody, you just admit the truth that puts you in a better life, a better light to them. Uh, are you you just are silent when you could have made a difference with them that's a kind of negative karmic thing to do so we're all called to kind of help one another the whole universe is designed for that it's it's about learning to be a helper the more you're a helper the more you are helped and it's something anything can anybody can prove to themselves and so james i'll ask you the quick question uh, just before, I think that was the fourth one. Am I correct? Uh, that's right. Okay. So just before I uh, get you to, to maybe jump into number five, out of curiosity, you know, based on what you're sharing here, it, it's something that's interesting to me because we see it often where people that give, I mean, and you know, they've done studies on this, but people that give seem to be now. I'll clarify this: give without expecting to receive seem to be on average more fulfilled than people that only take. And you obviously givers feel that and have experienced that. So I, I guess we could make the argument, like they said, it's, it's not, as you mentioned, what the, the maybe takers have experienced and, and they're not used to because they've been, they feel they've been surrounded by maybe takers because that's maybe what, you know, they've, they've maybe perpetuated and, and their perception is and also the, the things that they've done. So it's created that and they draw that in. But why do you think, it is when people hear from others or see others that are really happy that are givers for the right reasons. Why do you think it is still so hard for the average person that's not a giver to see that or see that there's a lot of benefits or value in being a giver? Well, I think, I think they rely on the whole thing that, that, uh, you know, that there's no, that life is, is just life. There's no spiritual reality, no spiritual design to our lives and to this universe. Um, I think it's just it's it's a lot more fun to think at one level if all you if all you're doing is kind of manipulating your way through life and manip- manipulating people into doing what you want, you know you think you think uh, what that's the best life that that's the best you can do in this life you know you just take what you want um, except that it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Even with people, most of the people who talk like that are are who think that might be the case. Usually, are younger because life experience absolutely tells one that there's a karmic design. You know, the golden rule is is passed along. So every again, every religious tradition has has a version of the golden rule. Why? Because that's what has been proved over time to work, and uh, and and again in this modern time with you know where we live in pop culture and all that, uh, you know it's hard to it's hard to just grasp that you know the world's not all this stuff is not just accidental that happens to us uh, that, that we've created a kind of secular reality and. And that was good in, 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 in a way because now everyone has to, to prove it to themselves. It goes, if you go spiritual, it means, it doesn't mean being pious and running around scolding everybody. It means getting into the best possible life that you can find that's adventurous and inspiring, you know. Um, and again, some religions are better than others, but, you know, what I've been trying to do is just, is just say there's an authentic spiritual experience that one can discover. Forget the religions altogether. You can prove it to yourself. And uh, and and so again, I, and and I think that's what's happening out there in leaps and bounds, actually, in spite of all the conflicts. And so then, James, uh, of course, now people, I'm sure, are going, we need to know number five. <laughs> you know, it's like anything when you hear there's a, a number system, you always want to know either what number one is or what the last one is. So can you share with us what number five is? Well, it's 
it's to stay in synchronistic flow. So let's say you, you're practicing all these things, these few things, and you're having, you know, you've found, uh, you know, you've come aware of your own intuitive thoughts, and you're following them the best you can, and you're experiencing, experiencing what I've called synchronicities, which are mysterious coincidences that help your life go better or present opportunities. Let's say you're doing all that. Well, you can stay in that flow for a while, and it's most people's experience that suddenly you run into a brick wall. You think you're, well, you've got this project going, and or you've got this uh, this this career, and all of a sudden you hit a brick wall, and something happens where you tried to trust synchronicity, and it turned into a disaster. Okay, absolutely. And this is the point at which many people just give up. Oh, that synchronicity stuff is no good, and because it didn't work, keep on working. Well. What we do is run into a tough synchronicity. See, it's still it was still a synchronicity. It was just a tough one. It was a it was a lesson we didn't want to hear. Uh, it was a uh, a you know a turning of our our path in a direction we didn't want to go. And I'm so I'm, I'm talking about finding a silver lining in every so-called negative event. I think that some negative events are just just because of people we're all imperfect at this point. People do spontaneously disruptive things. So so you know, everybody's not where we are. So some some things crash not so much as because they weren't destined to be, but because uh some of the participants crash in some way. So anyway, here we are. We in, and we have a choice. We can we can either say, okay, what am I going to do now and just be dead in the water for a while? Or we can say, okay, maybe I'm missing the synchronicity. And that's when we seek, we can seek to find, you know, a, a, a silver lining meaning to this event. And very often the way we change our – Strategies. Maybe we have a a bad reaction pattern in life, you know, that we're not aware of. So the way we get informed of that sometimes is that a project will fail or a career will will you know stop moving. And 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 what we do if we find that silver lining, it very often suggests another intuition will come to make use of that opportunity. In the guise of something bad, that silver lining opportunity is there. We can change the way we operate. We can change something else. We can add a whole new talent set. We can um, uh, we can become more logical in a way that we weren't as we pursue our dreams. But we have to keep going. In other words, there are no negative synchronicities. There's just a tough synchronicity. That we can make the best of, and it'll, in, in, in our, our, our lives will continue to move forward. Wow. So, James, you know, this, I mean, this has been so powerful. And, you know, I, I love what you did and what you've done here with giving us five ways to sort of take it big picture because, you know, obviously as readers, a reader myself, I love uh, the ability to keep growing it and, and go through all the insights and to be able to go through all the books and, and build upon it. But I know as well, like you said, now as you get those questions of kind of what's what's the overall or, or underarching theme and stuff like that, obviously people now are – some people are saying, well, what's the uh, – maybe the shortcut <laughs> or what's the – sadly, you know, what's the, what's the shorter version? So I love that you've given people <laughs> such – you know, such practical invite, uh, insight and takeaway that, um, you know, hopefully they've read the book, so if they haven't read it yet, it gives them a, a base uh, base to build on and work from. Yep. You know, each each person has to discover that 
our spiritual nature is real and and that's that's what we're with what the topic of conversation is and the next next question is always well if it's real how do we engage in it in a way that works and uh and again so the big picture is really the the trying to grasp it kind of as a whole you know it's it's about tuning in it's about getting our finding our peace so that we're we're uh can hear our intuitions and realizing we we're being helped in life and out of that comes a sense of something we want to do and our we have our goals and strategies and and you know we're trying to we can we can we can keep it all in mind you know don't forget to listen for intuitions and don't forget to to watch for synchronicities because that's the flow of life you can get into. And if we stay positive and if we stay givers, not takers, then what happens is our our lives can unfold much easier. Life is not supposed to be this hard. And if you're just crashing around out there, you know, the message is, hey, there's get in touch with your spiritual guidance. You know, that's a whole different feeling of intelligence about life that you can download. And one last point I would I would make is is uh, you know everybody wants to try to save the world or make it better it's inherent in us but the only way to do it we can't make people act the way we want all we can do is demonstrate a better way of life and participate in the evolution of the world honestly with an as an open book and people will learn from what they see in us that's the only way, in my view, to save the world. And so, James, would that be uh, would it be fair to say that that's uh, almost a, a good um, let's say tie into the quote of Gandhi's that people have resonated with, and vice versa, so much the uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. That's that's exactly right, and you know, wise people have said it all over the place because you know at the end of you know, at, at the at some point in life, one wakes up to that and realizes that you know we can't make people do this thing or another. All we can do is live a model of something, and then it because we're wired for it. See, our souls, our brains, the universe itself is all wired for this spirit. What I call this spiritual evolution, and and when we live that and 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 pursue our destiny and the things that we can give to the world, then what happens is that we, is we participate again in that evolution. And, and uh, uh, you know, and it, 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 we're, a lot of people understand this. And I think more people all the time understand this as, as opposed to the cynical life where we just try to take what we can. So, James, my last kind of official question in this realm is when people, because I'm sure this is what you get, and, and it's probably not the right question in the sense that this, you know, what you're sharing here is stuff that obviously happens over time. It takes time. It's not a maybe a get quick, you know, get fixed quick, if you will. But at the same time, in the world we're in today, a lot of people are sort of looking for that. You know, when will I see a difference? When will I see a benefit? What's the what's the uh, in it for me, if you will? But based on your experience. And I don't even know if it's a fair question, but is it something where when people start practicing this, if they haven't been before, you feel they start seeing changes or differences in themselves quickly? Or is it something where it's a uh, create a habit over time and then slowly but surely you'll start to see differences in yourself and, and the way you are based on some of these practices? Well, I would say, that, um, you know, the, 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 that depends. I think we can glimpse synchronicities and, you know, a lot of the thoughts we think we think are actually intuition. So our lives, we do experience these moments of synchronicity, whether whether it's a flow, always a constant flow or not is is, is one thing. But we, we continue, all of us experience these mysterious coincidences. And so, but they won't, it won't flow in, a, in as you know, in your life until you can get rid of what uh, drives you. And, and I should say us. Everybody has a set of fears or emotional hurts that make up this chatter in our minds that 
we're running from. <clears throat> it's always something, you know, we just, we, we just try to kind of stay focused on the task at hand and kind of forget what's there that's bothering us. And when you go into prayer med- meditation and you try to be silent, then all that comes up. Oh, what my, look what my mother did. Look what my father did. Why do I act this way? I overreact or I'm, I'm, I'm too fearful or I'm too hurt emotionally to everybody feels one of those things and i mean everybody so when you start meditation you're letting that go so you go you go to your love connection that's is a divine space you go to your love connection feel love your ego goes wild with the chatter and you realize that you're not feeling love anymore and you let that go you just you don't have to scream at it you just have to shift back to love and if you keep going back to love in the meditations sometimes you can do it half of the meditations a little bit longer you can do it three quarters of the meditation time you know and and it, this, the that's the length of time it'll take before you can move into a continuous what i call synchronistic flow in your life toward the, your dreams You'll become aware of your dreams, and then you'll realize you're being helped, and the, the universe itself is opening up for your dream. But you have to let the chatter and the hurts go uh, methodically over time in meditation, and then all of a sudden you're free to hear your intuitive thoughts. Like I say, it feels like you're suddenly downloaded into a, downloaded something in, into you that feels like a, a, a higher intelligence. You know, these are your thoughts, but they'll suddenly come kind of automatically with an inspiring power behind them. So you think, oh, this is my inspiration. I should do this. I should do that. And when you do, there are synchronicities that will routinely and regularly pay off for you. And so, James, you know, as we bring things to a close, obviously always the uh, one of the most important questions, of course, because – even though we've we've uh, had a lot of conversations and I feel you've shared a, a ton of insight, there's only so much we can do, of course, in an interview. So some people want to be a part of a community or or connect further. And I know over at the Celestine Vision, uh, you guys do things like allow people that may be a fit to uh, write uh, for a Celestine Vision and or submit uh, their articles to be considered. And uh, and I know you have a lot of things going on over there. So is that where you would send people to connect with you further? And, and what are some of those sort of connection options, if you will, to stay engaged in the community you're building? Well, I would just suggest people to, if they haven't read the books, to, to read the books and then uh, join our Facebook chatting uh, uh, group uh, and join in the, join in the chat and uh, – uh, and there's tons of articles on this subject that we have on the on the site. Uh, I will be uh, speaking regularly somewhere, and um, and you'll see that on the site. And and um, yeah, there there yeah, you'll you'll feel like you're in a community on the site, and uh, you'll be able to. Uh, again, uh, the, the, be uh, join in the Facebook conversation with opinions and questions and so forth. So uh, it's it's uh, you know that's a self envision is a world uh, that people can can move into and and, and read and and uh, again join the chat. And I guess James, a final question: Is there? Um Anything coming up in terms of um, upcoming projects or what the future might hold uh, that people uh, can look forward to or, or that you can share at this time? Or is there, is there any kind of upcoming developments or anything that are on the horizon? Well, we're going to do a, uh, a uh, the publisher, publisher's idea that I love, which is to uh, the first book, Celsian Prophecy, we're going to re-release it uh, so that I'll be doing a lot of traveling then. I'll be in a lot of cities, uh, a lot of countries. Um, and just to fan more flames on all these concepts. And, and uh, you know, we can, all, we can all do it better the more of us that, uh, you know, get together and 
believe in this reality. Uh, and that's what it really is. It's a consciousness and live there. Seek to live there. You know, it's a, it's 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 a, a lighter uh, consciousness. And uh, you know, and, and, and we're more givers. It's magical and it moves forward. So, um, you know, it's it's that'll be fun. So uh, people hear the news about that, uh, the re-release, and then uh, about a year away is a uh, is a book I'm working on now. So I won't I won't uh, reveal the title just yet, but but it's uh, it'll be upcoming and talk a, a lot about um, the details of what we've been talking about. Wow, love it, James, and this as I promised and knew uh, was an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be, and, and I promised it would be. And uh, I'll call this once again, as I always do, a to be continued, because I know this is a conversation uh, that stays alive. And uh, and as amazing as it is, I know no matter how many times we explore this and related areas, we never run out of uh, of great uh, content or uh, or details or. Uh, we never really we scratch the surface all the time, but we never really seem to uh, take it all and, and and use it all up. So I love the fact that there's always more that we can continue and explore. So thank you so much for being such a great guest, and hopefully you'll join us in the the near future yet again. Well, certainly, Corey. Loved it very much. Talk to you soon. Awesome. So, James, we're officially done. Okay. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that felt good, and that's what you were uh, hoping for. Yeah, that's great. You know, uh, it's it's uh, you know it's just what's up, and and you know from that, going forward, you know I'd like to just uh, talk about what's up, and you know what I kind of sort of sense the questions are out there, and uh, respond in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And from my end too, I, when you mentioned that we wanted to cover kind of an, an overview and a, a big picture scale, I wasn't a hundred percent sure exactly where we would go, so I just kind of let you take the lead and. And I think it took us in the places it was meant to. Oh, yeah. And the other thing, too. Just I thought it I, worked right. Yeah, I thought it felt, it felt perfect, and I think uh, listeners will absolutely love it. And the other thing, too, just as a, a keep in your mind or an FYI and and uh, as a possible thing we could chat about in the future, I was just thinking about it, as you mentioned, the questions that you're getting. Perhaps what I can do, and it engages people and it gets some interaction involved, is I could even pose some questions when we're preparing for our next one on social media, like on Facebook, even through my newsletter, that people might have for James Redfield, if you're open to that. That'd be great. And then we yeah, can, that'd be fun. Well, yeah, we can address questions, and at the same time, it gets people really engaged. And I find then they take ownership in sharing the episode and wanting to listen because they know that there's a chance their question might be asked. So it becomes a win-win. Yep. Let me uh, Make sure you let me know when, uh, when you're going to uh, release the, the – uh, the audio, uh, yeah. and, and I'll I'll plug your site. Absolutely, and and that we'll get my I'm people happy. in it too. What? That's all right. I said we'll get my people headed headed to listen to it live, and that'd be good. Yeah, no, that sounds perfect. And I was going to mention as well uh, that when I asked you that last question, I, I know we had the conversation, but I wasn't sure if, if you were able to say anything about the re-release or anything. So that's why you could probably tell that it's the question I was driving at, but yeah. I didn't want to back you into a corner <laughs> on it. So, no, you're listen. You're expert at all that. Oh, thank you so much. I always really appreciate it, and I always appreciate your time and insight. And I know how much uh, how much value it gives to our listeners and even me in the process. So thank you for being you and all the amazing things you're doing. Well, listen, we'll we'll continue to talk. You know, we're we're developing this idea a little bit and just brainstorming here on our end uh, on the the affiliation release of the of the new book when it gets here. Uh, so let's keep talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've been traveling the last couple of days and doing some speaking and stuff, so I've been I've been thinking about that too. So I'm still in that thinking process. But yeah, absolutely. No matter what, we're going to find a way to uh, for me to help wave the flag and, and help make some things happen. So no matter what, we'll we'll make sure. some stuff happen, and we'll just kind of keep diving into and exploring, uh, you know, which way we do that. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I've got a uh, yeah. I'm about ready to write a little, you know, twenty point. Uh, summary of the idea uh, pretty soon. I'll, I'll zip that over to you. 
Okay. No, that sounds perfect to me, and I will keep you in the loop and let you know before this goes live so that you can uh, share or, or even take a peek and listen yourself, and we'll just uh, go from there. Okay, man. Well, awesome. I uh, really enjoyed once more. more. I keep up the good work, or you're just uh, you're just really powerful. This uh, this this sort of uh, outreach that you do, it's really, uh, it really always feels authentic, and not only not all interviewers can do that. Oh, thank you so much. It, it means the world to me. I mean, you know, we never we never mind hearing that in the sense that uh, it reminds us why we're doing what we're doing. So. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Okay, so you take care of yourself. Have fun. You too, and uh, we'll chat in the near, very near future, James. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.